This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, standing next to my completely normal height co-host, <laughs> Free Tucker. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? Okay, let me explain this. So Joanne has this wonderful standing desk. I know many of you know what a standing desk is. It's yeah. comes up it's and goes amazing. down. It's amazing. It's amazing because I can't sit. I like have to like move around a lot. Right. And we had standing desks at my last office. And one of my coworkers got this amazing little balance board that she would use. And I liked stealing it from her whenever mm -hmm. she wasn't using it because I could stand on it and I could like do this like flip back and forth. Yeah, it works and really well like that. It helps with people that are fidgety. As I'm standing here is on the balance board. And so Brie feels really short. Yes, because you're already like <sighs> a little bit taller than me, which is fine. But now you're like, like, dude, she's like a whole, I come up to her shoulders now, right now. And then like, look, I have one foot on the balance board. <laughs> she's one doing foot. acrobats. I can do tree yoga we pose and tree on the balance board. Okay, that takes serious talent. <laughs> you were doing a tree pose I on a balance board. I could nail it on paddleboard yoga. I could do that. You could. Oh, yeah. I did yeah, paddleboard yoga this weekend. Paddleboard yoga over the weekend. Because I like it. It makes yoga more interesting because then you're trying not to fall in. Yeah. It adds, it has a certain degree of like excitement to yoga. I love I yoga. I like it. Yeah. I love yoga. Yo um, so let me just clarify. Yoga is not boring to me, but I just thought, wow, how much more interesting is this? And it kicked my booty. Like <laughs> halfway through that, that class, because it was an hour long, at the halfway point, I just kept going, oh no, no, uh, no. It's a lot of core work <laughs> for sure. It's a lot it of core work. It was. It was exhausting. Mm -hmm. And then she wanted us all to jump in the water and climb back up on the paddleboard. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> You're no. like, I do not have the strength for that. <laughs> I know, right? Props to like, anyone who does right now. Right here. I was soaking wet because the water still gets all over you. Mm -hmm. But especially when you go into child's pose because your board is soaking wet. Oh, yeah. You've gotten water on it. Well, what's and your favorite yoga pool? pose? 
Well, okay, for simplicity, yeah. child's pose. I like Savasana. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Savasana is where you, it's corpse pose. It's where you lay on your oh. back at the end. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I like other poses too. There's like frog pose. Frog pose is actually good. It's where you put your arms in front of you and you use your elbows yeah. to keep yourself up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. she showed us that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where you put your knees on the elbows too. Yeah, that one's yeah. fun. Yeah, she showed us that one and I just laughed out loud in you're front like, of the whole class. Oh, I'm yeah, like, you're like you, I am on a board that is going to dump me in the pool any second and you think I'm going to put my knees on my elbows? Oh, no. Oh, it's. I really want to come to this uh, paddleboard yoga. I think it sounds do. a lot of fun. You have have to come it'll be it'll be a blast and we'll we'll post pictures if joanne comes we'll get pictures of both of us yes, on the paddleboard because so. i'm the one who like when we did salt river paddleboarding last uh summer i was trying to do headstands on the board and i did i did one except then i like i fell and i'm like okay that hurt a little bit i'm not going to do that anymore but it's like i don't know it's just this little danger thing that just attracts me to right it makes yeah. it so much more interesting so shout out to desert paddleboards that's <laughs> who does the paddleboard yoga here in the east valley of phoenix yes. lots and lots of fun highly highly suggest uh, checking her out she does it all different places but but something fun, fun. that may keep moms from doing something like paddleboard yoga is that they feel guilty asking other people to take care of stuff like watching kids while they go do something for themselves. Oh, yeah. No, there was even guilt on me signing up on this. So, you know, I've been mm-hmm. wanting to do this class. For yeah, you've like been talking a couple about it forever. Yeah. So not only did my previous work schedule make it difficult, but the other reason was I felt guilty spending um, and this was like not even I feel guilty spending money on myself. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big thing. I think a lot of women feel guilty spending money on themselves. Right? And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of us have this mom guilt complex. Yeah. That is rough for us to work through. I still feel guilty getting stuff for myself. Like it takes me many months of talking something up to myself. Like I needed a new purse forever. I knew exactly what I wanted, but I'm like, oh, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. It took me about three months to buy that purse. Right. Even and, though I had stuff saved, I just couldn't be like, oh, I don't know. Like, am I worth it? Like, I mean, hearing saying that out loud, you're like, what do you mean? Am I worth it? Like, of course, like you're all worth it. It's just that we just go through this guilty cycle. And, and I think that that was really a key thing that you hit there that mm-hmm. I just I can't wait for us to dive into some more here. But just talking about like, am I worth it? Am I am I too much of a burden by doing and asking something? Am I going to make people upset by doing this? Yes. Is it okay that I do this? Yeah. So if you say those things, you're going to love today's episode because we're going to give you some tips on how to overcome that guilt complex. So today's the day. Me and my friendships. This is its official release date. It is available for sale on Amazon. I am so so excited for your kids to get hands on this book because it is going to help them make and be better friends. And guess what? I have left the pre-order bonus open for you, but just for today, go to noguiltmom.com backslash friendships and take a screenshot of your receipt from Amazon, submit it to us there, and you get a free course for your kids called Really Good Friendships. So again, noguiltmom.com backslash friendships and go get me and my friendships on Amazon. We have a link in the show notes. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. 
Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Here at No Guilt Mom, of course, we talk a lot about guilt. We do. What do you know? It's only in our name. It's only in our name. And it's so funny because when I was, when I named No Guilt Mom, after I've had the name for a little while, I'm like, oh, it should be No Shame Mom. Because really shame is when you attach your own identity to the things that you feel bad about. So that shame persists about like, oh, like I'm a bad person or I'm not worthy. That's really shame we're talking about because healthy guilt can exist to help motivate you through certain things. But that's not what we're doing here. It's really the shame that we're talking about. But I think that's a good point because I think a lot of us don't necessarily identify the shame. We identify it as guilt. Yeah. Like we think that we have a guilt complex that we always believe that we're doing in the wrong and that we're we're causing problems. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It, it really is about shame. But I think so many of us like haphazardly, we call it guilt. We do. We do call it guilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the big things when it comes to this is just that so many of us as moms feel like if we ask anybody for help or we ask somebody for something that we need, like I need you to give me positive feedback during the day, or I need a hug once in a while, like Mm -hmm. any, any degree, like we're talking about everything from I need help doing dinner to I need you to tell me that I am pretty and that I am a good person, like all that kind of stuff we feel guilty about so often. We do. Like I felt guilty about it for a really long time until... Therapy. <laughs> right? Therapy, therapy does wonders. Therapy is really the only thing that got me out of that guilt cycle. But it's stuff that anyone can learn without going through therapy. Uh, and that's what we're going to share today about how you can ask for the stuff you want without attaching that guilt to it. Yes, because, because you know what? You don't You don't have to be super mom. You don't, you don't have, have to, be, to be, be able to do everything. In fact, it's better if you're not super mom and yes. you don't do everything. It's better for your kids long term. I mean, Amy Carney, who we recently had on the podcast, said that we are stripping all of that problem solving ability that our kids need in the future. We're stripping it away from our kids because we try to do everything for them that they never get that experience in solving their own problems. So right there, that is like your first like you could step back. You don't have to be super mom. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we have to be able to do things the way that we can do things. We don't have to be a do it all by yourself. It doesn't make us less than. We can handle this stuff. Yes. So we actually both kind of like put together some stories to share. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, somewhat vague. Times that we don't ask for help. So I have a big thing I noticed recently, and I do this actually with work too. <laughs> Is like that I can attest to. Yes, yes. The tasks that I don't like to do and are actually assigned to other people, either in my family or if Brie is actually assigned to do that task, sometimes I will come in and like take it over because I feel bad that they have to do that task because it's such a horrible task in my opinion that I'm like, oh my gosh, I should I should just do that and take it over because oh they don't they don't deserve that. <laughs> like and it's weird like it's so weird I think that way I can tell you from a work perspective I find it hilarious where sometimes I'm like hey I went into this folder to do this and uh it's already done yeah and you're like yeah I did it and I'm like you know I was supposed to get that done 
It was on, it's on the calendar. But I get it. I understand why. Yeah. Like, I feel honored in a way that, that you're trying to protect me. But on the other side, I feel like, wow, that's, I hate that that's motivated through a place of like, feeling guilty it is it's motivated through guilt and like i noticed i do it with my kids so last week my cat threw up downstairs and my kids were home and my daughter came up and she's like mom the cat the cat did something and i'm like why don't you don't go clean it up and she said i don't know how to do that and she didn't (laughs) know how to do that because like i've done it for her so many times because i've like seen the cat throw up and i'm like oh better go clean up the cat throw up so the kids don't step in it she had no idea how to do it so we fixed that problem. I taught her how to do it right then and there. So. Yeah. It was a very interesting per- being the outside person yeah. sitting here listening to that conversation happen. So I told Joanne, I'm like, wow, it's no wonder my kids are sarcastic because I'd be all like, you know how to pick things up? Go, go, go. Without taking the time to teach. <laughs> that was a huge factor that you took the time. You did the you did the we do, you do yeah. thing. And I think that was a big deal to her. It made her feel supported and she knew what to do. I think a lot of times I overestimate what life skills I think I've taught my kids. Mm -hmm. So the only saving grace I have for that people is that in our household, my kids know that they have full reign of saying, hey, I really don't know how to do that, mom. I legit don't know. (laughs) And then I'll be like, oh, Oh. okay. But you know, it'd be nicer if I didn't jump straight to that. But you know, it happens. You're human. I'm human. You're not perfect. No one is. But so Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool aunt that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. 
Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Mine is kind of similar to to that. You know, I feel really, really guilty if I'm asking for help in any way, shape, or form Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm a disappointment to others. Mm. I feel like that my family will look down on me and I feel like I will be perceived as a burden to them. That's hard. That's a hard line of thinking. That's a lot of shame that I carry. And wait, you guys are going to laugh about this. And I mean, this comes if I even have to ask somebody to like, hey, will you chop those vegetables for me? Because I am doing six things over here and the pot that I have on the stove is boiling over water right now because I was trying to prep the meat and make the side dish and cut the fresh veggies all at once. Uh And then the shame comes in too that like, oh, I should have planned this better. Yes. I should have done it better. So how dare I ask somebody to help me because this is all my own fault? That is the question I was just going to ask you, like what your internal monologue was. Oh, yeah. Like you should have this more under control. Yes, that's what it always comes down to. Another one that took me forever forever to do. So like I am a little bit better about asking for help now, especially because in our household, I kind of know what tasks people enjoy doing to some extent. And mm-hmm. when I say enjoy doing to some extent, like not everybody loves, loves doing chores of any way, but the ones that they're willing to do without grumbling. So like I'm better about asking for that kind of stuff. But another one that killed me, and you know this, is asking people to help me with transportation of my kids. Yeah. Like that drives me bonkers when I have to ask somebody like, hey, I kind of have like this like work meeting that can't be moved and I or I have like to go to the doctor and my kids need to be picked up and it took me three months to make this appointment and I feel terrible asking you for 20 minutes out of your day yeah a long thing yeah right I've I've recently I had that too and it was with my husband and I mean it's his kids too and he tells me all the time like like right husbands and fathers they are not babysitters they're fathers but so many of us, I think, have that. Yeah. And that especially guilt when it comes with work stuff for women, because like uh, Eve Rodsky's book, Fair Play, mm-hmm. she says that a lot of us get into the thinking that since my spouse makes more than me, his job is more important and he can't be bothered. Oh, that was point blank said mm-hmm. in my household before. And, yeah. and you know what, though? <laughs> I said it too. Yeah. I 100% bought into that dialogue. And I have to tell you guys, the mental anguish that caused... Please, please listen to Joanne about this, and and you have to read Fair Play. Like, it's Fair, not, yeah, it's, it's not, not true. Our time is all equal. Like, it doesn't matter if someone gets paid more than the other. Like, yes. everyone's time is equal, and we all contribute to the family. But I've started being like, hey, we have like this going on. Can you get the kids here and take off work? And before, I would have never asked my husband to take off work. Like, because a few you years ago, felt like you were being a burden. I would have felt like I was being a burden. Right? I couldn't have it together. His job is so important. He would get so mad at me that he had to take time off. I mean, it goes on and on the cycle that we put ourselves through. So let's talk first, like, how do we get out of this? We found four ways that you can start doing right now to help you get over this guilt. And the first one, feel your feelings. Yes. Okay. One of my favorite punk songs by The Regrets. Like, that's one of her things. She goes, feel your feelings, fool. (laughs) But (laughs) That's what I was thinking. (laughs) And if you're like, of course I feel my feelings. Well, here you go. Do you ever 
and Brie, this goes for you too. Do you ever go straight into problem solving mode instead of like realizing that you're suffering at the moment? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Like we all, we like all of us do it. Like right. with dinner, for instance, you go straight into being like, okay, well, this isn't going well. So how can I fix this? And right. it, like you try to do it from a logical perspective and then things build up and build up and that's when we explode. And that's when I end up on the floor in my kitchen crying yes. in the corner and everybody in my family is like, oh God, she's crying. She exploded. What are we supposed to do? Yeah, because we're not giving ourselves space to feel our feelings or giving those feelings any weight whatsoever. We act like they're a burden. Like they're a burden. So let's just push them off to the side because I don't have time for this. Yeah. Well, and how many times have women been told that we are too emotional? Oh, often. I mean, often. And don't even like, don't even start like those eighties. We were talking about eighties oh movies gosh. and the stereotypes. Guys. Like women are always portrayed as these emotional blobs. If that you just, go, <laughs> if you go back and like Three Men and a Baby is on Disney Plus right now, and I tried, I tried to watch it again. <laughs> I got through twenty minutes before I'm like, oh, this is bad. You're like, I just want to throw up. <laughs> yes, because we've always been told we're too emotional. We like do stuff by our feelings. And so I think a lot of us have bottled up all of our feelings. And yeah. now instead of like outwardly expressing them, they come out in other ways like guilt, shame, depression, anxiety, like all of those are bottled up feelings. Even binge eating is a result of bottled up feelings. Oh, you mean like when I like to joke about the fact that I like to eat my feelings? Which oh, I yeah. T- totally do when I'm really anxious. I do it too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I'm really anxious, I go for those comfort foods. Mm -hmm. So like when something goes wrong, instead of going into problem solving mode, you can just take a step and be like, I'm suffering right now. Yeah, because it does no good to judge ourselves when we don't have control over these feelings. Yep. You can just say, I'm frustrated. I'm mad. You know, give yourself a second. Take a breath. Give yourself some compassion and like know that you're suffering. Think of like if someone you loved had these same feelings of stress, like what would you tell them? Yeah, I think that's a really great point. Like Mm -hmm. if you were dealing with your best friend, your sister, just anybody, and they were telling you these feelings that are going on in your head, the inner dialogue, Mm -hmm. I'm a terrible person because I didn't plan dinner well enough. And now six things are burning and it's all my fault because I'm awful. What would you say to them? Yeah, you would, you you would, would probably say, say, oh my gosh, no, you're not. It's like, look how much you did right here. Right. It's okay. You can feel sad. It's a, I don't think worse of you. I think that you're an amazing person still. Mm-hmm. You need that for yourself. You need that for yourself. Yeah, we're you so self-critical. Uh, which brings us to number two. Number two, realize that you aren't alone, people. You aren't. No, we're all going through this. So, so I'm going to let you in on, on a not-so-secret secret. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels this way. Everybody does. And Everybody has a thought process at some point. And uh, I just finished this amazing book called Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. And she says this is about connecting to common humanity by connecting to like the human population at large and just by realizing that other people have felt the same way you feel and that it is okay to be imperfect, that really helps you give yourself some more self-compassion and takes away that guilt and that anxiety you feel. Because we need to realize that we're all connected in this experience. We're all co- and none of us are perfect. Like if yeah. all of us were perfect, it would be a very boring life. Like really boring. Like who wants to even be friends with somebody who's perfect? I was going to say, come on. We all we all know that one person in our life that we secretly think thinks that they are perfect. Oh yeah, and we're like <laughs> they irritate mm, the crap out of you, don't they? Yeah, we're giving them side eye. We're like, really? Did it really go down like that? I don't think it did. Yeah, but then like. 
being imperfect gives you so many opportunities for connecting with others. I think it does. And like you talked a lot too about how it's important to realize like the things that happen during that led up to that. So that's another thing, like realizing you're not alone. Not only are you not the only one suffering through this and having this terrible inner dialogue and just feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. But there were a plethora of things that built up to that. Oh, yeah. Like so, there were other things that happened in your day. For instance, there was like this one email we got at No Guilt Mom and I replied very snappily to it. Um, <laughs> and at first I really like criticized myself because I'm like, oh, my gosh, how could you do that? You're so unprofessional. Like, why did that happen? And then I started thinking about my day so far and I was like okay well the air conditioner broke today and then my cat threw up on the tile and then my dishwasher broke the dishwasher broke as well and so all of these things led up to my snappy reaction to this one email so it wasn't that I'm so unprofessional it was like whoa I had a really hard day and that's why I reacted the way I did And it's okay to allow that to happen. You've got to give yourself that room because if you don't give yourself room to feel those feelings and to realize that that it happens, then you're never going to be able to move through it. Yeah, we're imperfect, all of us. Yes. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids, because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So what is tip number three? Understand that no one really expects that of you to do it all. And in fact, they want to help you. I know, right? It's... Where did we get that stuck in our brain? Well, I mean, actually, I kind of know I'm saying that somewhat tongue in cheek. Like this thought process that as moms, we're supposed to do it all. We're Mm -hmm. supposed to keep everything together and the whole world is going to fall apart. Our whole family is going to just fall to smithereens if we get sick or if we can't handle it all. And I I, know what I blame it on. I blame it on that really popularized notion from about like 10 years plus ago where that big whole like, I'm super mom came out. I did not like that movement when it started. And I really feel like now 10 years later, we're dealing with the 
messed up message that sent so many of us. We're dealing with a lot of messed up messages from our childhood. True. So my husband and I were just talking about the movie Mrs. Doubtfire, for instance. And like, who was the villain? Don't kill that movie. I love Mrs. Doubtfire. But who was the villain in that movie? Oh, the mom. Yeah. The mom was the villain because she had an outside career. She couldn't stay home with the kids. So she had to hire a nanny. And oh, guess what? She wasn't let her ex-husband seeing the kids either. Yeah. And she moved on with her life with a, a new like hot Pierce Brosnan. So <laughs> the run by fruiting. Did but, you see him? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, Sorry. It's still, I mean, you can go back and watch that movie and Robin Williams is still hilarious. Uh. I mean, it doesn't ruin it from that. But in terms of portraying like, yes, you're right. She was, she was, a, villain. She was a villain because of those things that you yeah. said. And those were the things that we grew up with that you should not be that way. You should take care of your family and have a career and like put other like it's just ridiculous. And that's and, what we're yeah. dealing with. And be able to meet the needs of everybody in the family and do it all yourself and that mm-hmm. you're you're less than if you need help. Yeah. And and again, like I realize that on this on this episode, we are focusing a lot on the real obvious section of needing help, which is where mm-hmm. you're physically asking for other people to help you do tasks. Mm-hmm. But I also want to make sure anyone who's feeling like I need my spouse to tell me that they love me once in a while. Mm-hmm. I need my kids to do something kind for others in the household or do something kind for me once in a while. Or the guilt of, I need some alone time yes. so I don't lose my stuff. Oh, the alone time. <laughs> Shout out to alone time. So like when we're <laughs> saying that like, you know, it, you feel guilty for needing something, we're talking about all these different levels. All these things. And all these things apply to it as well. Like no one expects you to be able to be on 24-7. No. It is 100% okay to say, look, I need at least an hour of silence in this household where nobody is touching me, nobody is calling for me to do something, I am allowed to do my own thing, or goodness gracious, and this is like what, I think is like the gold standard, where you can get everybody out of your house and you get to enjoy your own home. Oh yeah, that's nice. That's nice. But I mean, we're still fighting with this too, like me and Brie. Oh yeah. I mean, just Friday, I wasn't feeling well, and so I'm like, I'm going to watch some Top Chef. (laughs) And I'm here watching Top Chef, and like probably every episode, I'd be like asking my husband, I'm like, do you need anything? Is it okay I'm here? I'm just laying here and doing nothing. Because you were in, let's also add to this point that she was sick on Friday. She was was pretty sick. Yeah. But (laughs) like I actually left because I was like, yeah, I can't be around you anymore. I don't want to get sick. (laughs) You're a bacteria factory. I'm leaving. Goodbye. (laughs) No, I was like, like, listen, we're finishing this interview and I am out of (laughs) here. I am out of 5,000. But I mean, I I still deal with these feelings all the time and I'm working through them. And the reason that we are giving you these tips is this is like the exact process that I use for myself to get through it. Um, It's what Brie uses. Feel your feelings. Connect yourself to other humans. Realize you're not alone. And then understand that no one really expects you. Give yourself that kindness. Give yourself that love and like... Don't worry about others. But know that it's hard for us too. Yes. And your family loves you. They, this is the tricky part too on this whole like understand that nobody expects you really to do it all. Your family loves you. They understand that you're not expected to do it all. But if we are constantly doing it all. Yeah. They don't know how to help. Right. Then they don't know that you need that help, Mm -hmm. which leads us into tip number four. Tip number four, ask for what you need. And yes, guys, it really is that simple. But sometimes like you don't even know what you need and you kind of just have to put yourself out there and kind of guess. Yeah. 
And it's okay to even say, I don't know what I need, but once I figure it out, can I tell you? Mm-hmm. And then they're going to say, yeah, or you just, or you don't even ask for permission. Like, that's me. I'd be like, can I tell you later? No, you just be like, I don't really know what I need right now, but I will let you know as soon as I can figure it out. When I'm ever in that state, I know like going on a walk helps me just getting away and oh, like yeah. being able to like think through things to figure out exactly what's bothering me. That helps a lot. But also I really, <laughs> I need people to help me <laughs> and help me out. Right. And like, tell me, tell me I'm doing a good Good job. I know, right? Like, I think that's a huge, huge mm-hmm. thing. And you, that kind of also comes down to another thing of like knowing what your love language is, mm-hmm. like how you need people to show you their their love and affection for you. And again, nobody can read your mind. No. So it is as simple as asking for what you need. But we do realize it's, it's also not that simple. It's, like, yeah. You've got to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You've got to do the work of figuring out how people can help you. And you know what else is the tough part? And this is something I've learned a lot for working at No Guilt Mom. Sometimes you just have to be really uncomfortable. Yes. And just let yourself sit in that uncomfort before you can move through it. So like, again, like we talked about in the very beginning, like my big issues that I have are asking people to help with transporting my children Mm -hmm. and helping me do tasks that I am doing. So like, again, dinner is a big one that comes to mind. It was so uncomfortable to ask for help. And it's uncomfortable even now for me to know that people are helping me. But I am getting better at it where it doesn't make me feel so shameful right out the bat. Like I'm getting way better at it, but it's still a struggle. Well, if you've thought that way for so long, it's definitely going to take time to like unthink that way. Right. Because you're training your brain to kind of make that new neural pathway that makes it okay to do that thing. It's just like any task that we train our bodies to do. Like at first it becomes really, really hard and uncomfortable. But then the more you do it, the more you do it, it gets easier and easier. It's the same asking for help. The first time you do it, it's going to be really uncomfortable. So don't stop just because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it makes me feel too awkward. I can't do it. You gotta work through it. It's supposed to feel awkward and know that if it feels awkward, you're doing it right. Like going back to that step one, let yourself feel those feelings and be okay with it. We're giving you permission. Yes. To move through it. Don't let the guilt take over. Move through all the emotions. It's the OAR song. Can't remember it now. It's I Go Through. (sighs) He wrote, they wrote it for their kids. Like, I try to go around it, but I go through. We'll put the link in the show notes. Okay. I'm blanking on that song. I feel terrible because that's supposed to be my thing. Oh, yeah. It's (laughs) It's a good song. Like, I found a meme the other day that said, like, I'm at that stage in life where I can remember any song lyric in the world or movie quote, but I can't remember where I walked in the kitchen four or five minutes ago. Oh, (laughs) well. Different part of your brain. (laughs) Totally different part. So ask for hugs. Ask for those positive words. Ask for that time alone. Whatever it is you need, just ask for it. Ask for somebody to make dinner. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. In my house, I only make dinner once a week because everybody else has their night. Right. That's about how we do it, too. Yeah. And it's actually it feels really good because then it's not on me to think of dinner because I'm like, I did my dinner. Done. I I actually like that method, too. And I'm still trying to sell it to my kids. They're still not quite so on board with it, which is fine. It's okay. So what are we doing? We're pushing through the awkward part where they're they're saying we don't want to do it. And I keep trying to point out to them realize the benefit here. You get one night a week where you get to pick whatever it is we're eating. So Mm -hmm. you are guaranteed that you are not eating something you don't want to eat that night. Mm -hmm. You can like, I really do not limit their options for dinner the night that's their night, except for because my daughter, of course, has tried this. You can't just door dash it. 
You can't. You can't. You can't come and take my phone, and then I find out that you ordered dinner. Like that's not the option here. You still got to cook it, but it can be whatever you want. Yeah, that's so, how they are. My kids are too. We've had grilled cheese and tomato soup. Yeah, every soup once and a week. sandwich is a great staple in our house. We love yeah. it. We just talked my son out of uh, macaroni and cheese this week, and we're doing hamburgers instead. So that's good. But yeah, it's baby steps. Yeah. But do you realize that I do want to say like another thing too about this whole asking for help thing. Mm-hmm. That is a great example you're setting for your kids. Yeah. You're showing them healthy boundaries, healthy communication. Mm-hmm. And that is such a great gift you're giving to them because you're helping release some of that guilt and shame that they could be setting themselves up for as they get older. Because by showing them that it's okay to ask for these things, it's okay to have boundaries, and it's okay to ask for help, then you're... You're showing them. Yeah, you're freeing them of that guilt that could be plaguing them when they get older. And you'll also see exactly when they get it because my daughter gets the asking for help thing and she'll be running around the house in the morning. She'll be like, Mom, can you fill my water bottle, please? Can you? And she'll ask very, very nicely, Can you go feed the dog for me, please? But she'll ask me to do her chores and I'll be like, Hold on now. Hold Hold up here. I I think you have some time to feed the dog. But it's good. I'm glad that she has those skills. It's just, you know, everything with parenting, it takes a little coaching and working through things. It's going to be good. So to run over the four tips that we talked about. First one is... Feel your feelings. The second one is realize that you aren't alone. Third is understand that no one really expects you to do it all. And the fourth one is ask for what you need. Yes. So Because what do we always say, Joanne? The best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you and we'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for stopping by. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.